lining up our words with our prayer, with his will and his desires. That's when we look into our text, how Paul is lining up this theological understanding of the richness and the power and the holiness of our God. I'm reading from New Living Translation, first Colossians, first chapter. We look at verses 9 through 14. It says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I want to kind of highlight again verse 10 as we unpack this text today. It says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so as we look at this text again, uh, how do we walk worthy? How do we live and honor and produce every kind of good fruit? Well, one thing that we got to do is we got to know who our God is. And one way we come to know God is that we will live a private devotional life in his presence by seeking him through prayer and meditation of his word. Look how Paul points out. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard uh, about you. Paul is praying for them to have spiritual wisdom so that they know how to live righteous. We know how we know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff. We call them book smart, but they're not street smart, that they know a lot of stuff, but they don't know how to apply it. And so Paul is pointing out, I want you to know it, but also I want you to know how to apply it. I, I want you to be good uh, with the resources and the tools that our God has given you. Paul's prayer for the church teaches us how we ought to pray and seek to be the body of Christ, disciples of God, following this great gospel. His prayer to the church is for them to be filled or to be complete with the wisdom and understanding of God's will. And so in order for us to be filled with God's word, we got to feed ourselves God's word. We got to spend time in God's word. We are filled with a lot of stuff, but some of that stuff may not be righteous. <laughs> some of that stuff may not be holy. The saying goes garbage in. Garbage out. So what you're going to put is what you're going to come. And I can uh, testify for myself that in order for my vocabulary to change, I had to change the stuff I was listening to. I love hip hop music and, and my parents made sure that nothing explicit could come into the house. They look for the sticker on the tapes so they could say, no, nah, you can't buy that something. You know, you didn't have money. So they, they had to pay for it. So they saw the stickers on it. So I thought I was getting slick. I realized that the stickers on top of the case, I could peel off the sticker. And then to see the album come and say, bam, buy this cassette for me. Now I get that cassette inside the house. They say, no, I got foul words coming out of my mouth. Because how are you going to sing a song that don't have clean lyrics? And so I was learning bad vocabulary, saying the same bad vocabulary when I go to school. My parents found out because you get caught at school. Then they realized, like, son, who taught you how to talk like this? My dad chastised me very well and had me look at him as I looked him in the eye. He said, do you hear me talk like this? I'm trying to catch a time. I caught him cursing. And my dad is looking at me with me to reply. I said, no, sir. And so it hit me that I got a model 
I got a model in front of me showing me how to walk right, how to talk right. And I had to grab on to that and say, that's the way I got to do it. So as I listened to him, it hit my heart. It transformed my vocabulary. So next thing I know, I started reading the autobiography of Martin Luther King, the junior division. And it says, I like big vocabulary words. And he said, he want to speak big like his dad. I said, I like that too. So I started reading the dictionary, increasing my vocabulary, changing it, and, and, and increasing my word use so I don't use language that was defamatory or hurting or shameful or abusive and learn how to give words of encouragement. But yet I had to be chastised. I had to be corrected. I had to be changed. And that's what the word of God does. We spend some time in the word of God. It will convict you. It will show you some things that are uh, weak in your life, exposed in your life that you might want to change so you feel better about yourself. Paul is praying. I want you to have that wisdom. I want you to know it and then know how to apply it. And so his reception of this wisdom of God will lead to understanding and this understanding will lead to spiritual wisdom and application so you will surrender to the spirit of God so that you will walk in obedience to the will of God and so that's the challenge that we have in this earthly world that the spirit is is in always contrast and conflict with the flesh we cannot please God in the flesh but we must surrender to God in the spirit. And so in order for me to be in the spirit, I got to seek the spirit. I got to feed my spirit so I'll be strong in the spirit. So Paul is praying that the word will be in their heart so that they can shine and be lights for the gospel of God. The Lord teaches us his word. And in teaching us his word, he teaches us how to be holy, for he is holy. Think about how God has revealed himself, not only in his creation, but also in his word, our Bible, but also in the living word, his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This knowledge that we come to understand him, how we came to behold him, how we came to know him, should now give us the example of how we ought to crucify ourselves, pick up our cross and follow after him so that we might be his disciples. So this will lead us to sacrifice and submissive life and that we will result in righteous actions that, that show that we understand how to live for God. So therefore, when we are humbly serving our Lord and bringing God the glory in our acts of service, you know, worship is service. Service is worship. So how we serve him is how we love one another, obey his word and worship together and bless one another and encourage one another. The word of God will transform us so that we will grow. Look at it again in verse 10. It says, then the way you live will always honor. And that's something it says, but then the way you live will always honor. And please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Yeah, I, I like variety. I don't know about you, but I like variety. And so he says every kind of, of good fruit, you will get everything that is good. All the while you will grow and yet you'll still be growing as you learn to know God better and better. And and we know we see that song, everything gets better by and by. Right. And, and so think about how we grow in God. We're going to get better. We're going to be wiser. We're going to be stronger. And so here's the challenge again, that in order for me to get better, I first got to get good. <laughs> in order for me to get good, I first need to get in his word, which is good and know what is good and do what is good. And then as I get it, it gets contagious. I don't know about you, but if you got a habit, a habit like I got a habit that once it gets good, you want more of it. So rather might rather be I be playing basketball, rather might be playing playing sports, rather might be reading a book. You get one, you want to get another one, and you want to add on to it. And so I, I can tell you that some people say they don't like some stuff, but yet you can go to the house, you can find out what they like. If they got more than one statue of the same thing, you say, Oh, I think you like that. 
They got more than, they got more than one health equipment. You don't realize like, they're trying to work out a lot, right? You go into their room, they got a, a they got a, a bicycle here, they got a, a treadmill here, they got a, a, a weightlifting here, right? They, they're collecting stuff that they like. You go into my house, you're going to see a whole lot of books, and you're going to see a whole lot of video games, and I got them tied up for the kids, but I got a whole lot of basketball and baseball cards too, right? When you get the stuff that you like, but here's the situation that God wants you to say, are oh, do you love me? If you love me, then how how come you got less of me? So we need more of him. So I need to have more of his word. I need to recite his word more. I need to pray more. I need to be in his presence more. I need to encourage other people more into his presence. So that's the challenge that we live in this world that is easier to live in the flesh than it is to be obedient and submissive to the spirit. Because we live such a high Fast, plan life. As soon as we wake up, we got to go somewhere. We got to do something. We got to do that. We got to do this. And then all of a sudden, when we get in trouble, oh, God, I need you. But we need to walk with him throughout the day. Take some breath, prayer, and say, thank you, Jesus. Take some breath, prayer, and just say, Lord, I need you. And throughout that time, we can meditate with him and realize I want to live holy. I want to do what honors him. I want to do what pleases him. I want to see the good fruit. I want to see the variety of the good fruit. I want to see the fruit of the spirit. Uh, moving in my life so that I can grow better, learn better. I can learn from my mistakes. I can learn from my errors. I can realize there might have been some times I thought I was doing good, but I, I might have hurt somebody. I might have hindered my brother and my sister in Christ. How can I come to them in love and say, Lord, help me to show my compassion to them? Say, Lord, help me to ask for forgiveness to them. Help me, Lord, to show forgiveness to them as well. Help me, Almighty God, to be the example that you want me to be. That's what the word of God will convict us of. That I can come to my brother, my sister and say, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? It'll help us to understand that as I pray that prayer, Father, forgive my trespass as I forgive those who trespass against me. If I have that word in my heart, that I must understand that who am I to withhold forgiveness from others when I'm supposed to forgive others as God forgives me. Paul teaches us that when we seek after him, this prayer life will guide us into his presence, having a habit of prayer will lead you to have a habit of change, a habit of growth, a habit of obedience and submission and seeking the spirit of God. And here's the power that comes from seeking the spirit of God and being in the spirit of God. He's praying for your strength uh, to walk in the strength. Look at verses 11 and 12. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power through God Almighty. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. I like how New Living Transfer points. It says, says I, I'm praying that God will give you all the power and the strength you need. I, I think about this oftentimes because I have to think about my mother because my mom would say this breath prayer all the time when her son get on the last earth. Lord, give me strength. And, and, and I knew that's why I could get out of that room. Because the Lord is giving her strength so that she does not do something to me. She's later on going to regret and glory, glory, glory be to God. I'm a witness. I'm still here. The Lord gave her strength. <laughs> and so we understand that there's times that I'm weak in the flesh. But if I submit to the spirit, Lord, give me strength. We, we think about the biblical example of Samson, right? Samson in his time of witness cried out to God, Lord, give me strength. And God gave him strength and he was able to kill more in his death than he did in his life. Because at his death, he found out his strength and his power truly came from God more than it came from keeping his Nazarite vow. We find it same with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that they look to the Lord to give them strength to endure a hard 
fire, a fiery furnace. They saw with Daniel in the lion's den, the Lord gave him strength to endure a hungry lion. Y'all know that lion was hungry because we threw the other people and they said they were dead before they hit the bottom of the pit. We understand that I can trust my God and believe in my God to give me strength to make it through some of my hardships, these issues. And we can testify that he's given us strength that we made it through 2019. We made it through 2020 and we're, we're pushing and enduring and striving through 2021. We understand that as long as we're walking with him and he is guiding us and he is with us, we know greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And so we look at it, continue on to verse 11. It says, may you be filled with joy. Always thanking the father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belong to his people who live in the light. See, when we pray, I want to encourage us that we don't pray to change people. Uh, prayer changes us. Here's the situation. You can pray that God can change somebody, but if you know how it works out. That if you haven't decided to change, you're not going to change. God, God, I'm so grateful that God does not force us. But he his grace shows us how much he loves us that with that compassion. So here's a situation that you want somebody else to change because how they're treating you. But yet have you changed how you treat them? Have you changed how you communicated to them? You want them to change. But have you changed your ways? And so that's the same situation that we have to look at upon that. I have to realize what do I need to do to grow, to mature and love this person? Because it's a situation they think about it, how God loves you even when you're obstinate. When you're disobedient, when you're defiant, he still loves you. He does not change. He's still the same. Our God does not change. He is the same today as he was yesterday. And guess what? He'll be the same tomorrow. Our God is forever faithful. And so when our God gives us the example of what love looks like, how much more we need to love one another in that same way, that same passion and be open to them and realize that. I'm not I'm not perfect just as you're not perfect. So how am I to be judgmental towards you when I need to say, God, what do I need to change? Work in me, oh God. And what happens is that as God is working in you and through you, you're able to now impact that relationship in a positive way because God is using you and things change. That person may never change how they talk to you, but the atmosphere changed because you changed. That's the challenge of how we do that. And the best example I can give to you is about Judas. Y'all know Judas. One of them was a devil. That's what Jesus says. But yet Jesus treated him with love and compassion that the other one didn't know. Otherwise, they might have kicked him out a long time ago. But because he loved them and he encouraged them, he treated them all as individuals the same with his same love. He washed all of their feet. He died for all of them. And so when we understand how I, how can I to be like God and treat everyone with the respect and the dignity that they deserve and love them, encourage them, that's growth. We know we're not there yet because we have some good days. We have some not some good days, right? We have people in our own house and some days we treat like they're our, our worst enemies and then we treat like they're our best friends. And so we know that God is working in us and how we need to submit and surrender to the Lord. Work in us. Draw us into your presence. Prayer will change you. It'll help you to grow. It'll help you to walk in uh, dependence in his will and his truth. You have to pray in the scriptures. This power will give you the ability to be patient and endure long suffering. That's one of the fruit of the spirit. Patience, long suffering, the ability to endure, the ability to to endure is basically to withstand pressure or stress coming your way. And our God will help us to hold out. Prayer will give you the strength 
to endear your suffering with joy. He'll, he'll turn your mourning into dancing. He'll turn your sadness into gladness. Our God is able to turn things around. That's why we say a man may weep in the night, but joy will come in the morning. We understand that, Lord, I'm going through some hard times, but yet we at the storm is passing over. Hallelujah. Right. We understand that deliverance is coming. Uh, this pain we're enduring is for a little while. But our God, we know, is able to give us victory and we may have joy so we can celebrate in advance right now, knowing that what I'm going through. Hallelujah. is going to I'm going to be able to get through because my God's going to pull me through. God's power gives us that strength to stay. That power is the ability that enables us to be bold in the, in the winds of adversity, in the faces of obstructions. We understand that God can tear them down, knock them down, and he can also say, peace, be still. So we do not need to fret over evil or wickedness. I'm going to encourage you Psalm 37 to 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Think about it. Our God is looking out for you. So don't be concerned about somebody else. Don't worry about what they're doing. Just know that what God is doing a good thing in your life right now. Know that our God sees you. If he can dress the lilies in the valleys, adorn them with beauty. If he knows that he keeps his eye on the spirit, how much more does he love you? He didn't he didn't die for the lilies in the valley. He did not die for the spirit, but he died for you. So if he's willing to do that for you, if he was not even to, as Paul said, withhold his only son, what will God withhold from you? So let us walk in that power, that strength and that confidence. No, no, no matter what I'm facing, God, I'm doing it for your glory and for your honor. I'm lining up with your will when I'm wrong. I want to repent and confess and turn back and get back on the right path. So I know, Lord, I'm walking in your life. For you are life. I won't be complaining. I won't be murmuring. I won't be in despair. I won't be distraught because I know that our God will bring me through. I'm going to live with that patience and that confidence and that hope that what our God says he will do. And through, through it all, the what it says, then I will thank him. I will give him praise. I will praise him for who he is. I will praise him for what he has done. We also thank him for our inheritance we have through Jesus. This inheritance that we have is not because we deserved it, not because we've earned it, but because of our confession of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we become co-heirs with our king in heaven. And now we're looking to walk as we are already in the kingdom, citizens of heaven and realizing that our Journey to our new home is going to come, but yet we have not inherited fully yet, but we have a glimpse of it now. So that's our motivation to live worth, to walk in that light, to live in that light. Verse 13 of chapter one, it says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. For he has rescued us. So think about it. I'm walking now, submissive in the spirit of God to be enlightened with wisdom and understanding. So I know his good and pleasing will so I can walk it out. And yet God is doing all these things for me so that I will know him so I can serve him because how much he loves us. And he teaches me to love him. 
And then as I'm loving him and serving him, I'm also being exposed to my own weaknesses, my own sin, my own issues, my own trials and, and tribulation. And I understand that, God, I'm not perfect. I'm desperate need of your mercy. And your grace, your word reveals to me, Lord, daily how I got to trust you and depend upon you. There's days, Lord, that I have my good days. I have my days. I have my not so good days. But, Lord, I realize you're still good. And how can I, who is on my best days, nothing but a filthy wax, to be blessed by your grace and your mercy? Every time I, you, I turn around, you keep on blessing me. So, therefore, I have a desire, God, to Give back to you what belongs to you, Lord. Take my life. Take my hands. Everything that I have, Lord, is every good and perfect gift comes from you. So everything that I have, God, belongs to you. So I honor you. I bless you so that I can be a disciple, a, a woman, a man of God for your glory, for your honor, that they see me. They can see me picking up my cross and following after Jesus so I can show them what it means to be a, a disciple. Not only can I show them, but I can tell them and lead them to come to know you that they too might confess and, and know Jesus Christ as they Lord and Savior and know that he died on the cross for the sins and defeated death by rising again on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. I can tell them that then I join them. They join me in this kingdom business of building your church, glorifying you and teaching others in the most of despair, in the most of hurt, in the most of pain, that there's a God that loves you, cares for you and can heal you. And we've been rescued. Look at the text that says we've been rescued. We've been rescued. From the kingdom of darkness. So we do all this now because we were once were in bondage. We were once were in chains. We were once enslaved. But yet he has set us free. He's broken the bonds. And he has redeemed us and transferred us from enslavement and imprisonment to now being heirs to the kingdom with his son. We have been rescued from the power of darkness, the bondage of sin. And so... In the name of Jesus, right, he can break every chain and the imprisonment that we've been facing. We do not have to stay in that place. But again, reminding does not mean we have become perfect. It has now we've changed our perception. We have changed our view. No longer are we living to live in this world in darkness, but now we're living to walk in the light. So therefore, we seek what is good, what is right and what is pleasing in the Lord. We're operating under the grace of our God. Realizing that's by his grace and his mercy, he's brought us this far. We are learning how to be patient with one another, love one another, forgive one another, bless and curse not. We have been blessed with this eternal blessing of confirmation in our spirit uh, that we will one day be with him while we're rocking on this earthly vessel. So this earthly vessel we have in this earthly place, we know it's going to be destroyed, but we'll be made new to be with him. But while we're waiting. For them come back again and we fully receive the fullness of our inheritance. We have to walk in his power. We have to walk in his strength. And look, remember that our God will give us the power and the endurance to withstand the wicked schemes of the enemy. And here's what happens. What I like about this part of again in verse 14, it says, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We've been redeemed. Which means that basically that he had emancipated us. He took us from being slaves into darkness, living rebellious lives against his will. But now that he set us free, that we know what it means to walk in his grace, uh, in his mercy. That we know now as we are awakened to this fight that we wrestle not with 
flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in high places. Therefore, we put on the whole armor of God and be your steadfast and stand that when we are equipped with the spirit and the power that God has given us enables us to change our language, change our views, change our walk, change our talk, because we're no longer walking in the darkness. But now we're walking in the light and we're exposing the wicked schemes of the enemy. We've been redeemed. We've been set free and we've been forgiven. We've been released of our debt, of our penalty. We've been pardoned. So no longer do we know we will know death. But now we know life and eternal life. Therefore, we should live holy to the calling that he has given us, walking it out in the light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who redeemed us, the one to pay the price for our liberty. When we do this right, that's how the song says, when I see Jesus, amen, the one who, de- who died for me, the one who set me free, the one who bled for me. And he'll, we realize that he released us of our debt, a penalty that we could never pay. He released us. He's forgiven us. He let it go because we could never, ever pay God back. And so God appeased himself by sending the son to die on the cross for us. And that's why the gospel John said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so we live in full obedience of our Lord and his wisdom and knowledge. We walk to reflect our, our life. It belongs to him. So let's walk in this light. In confidence of our salvation, knowing that he is able to give us all strength and power to endure. And so we live to please God, respond to the Lord's amazing grace to lead to a life of gratitude and servitude. Grateful for the forgiveness of sins and, and being emancipated from our sins. Now we walk with him in the kingdom. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. The church is to show this great power of redemption, of salvation, of forgiveness and reconciliation here on earth. We are to basically be a reflection of the kingdom here on earth as we waited for the kingdom to come. The church to show the power of God is great and mighty to save. And it's to bring hope into a hopeless world. It's to bring light into a world of darkness. And so we ought to be the light in the kingdom of God. And we ought to seek him and be after him forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us power. You have given us strength. That we can boldly come to you to enable us to endure hardships, endure pains, to expose sin and darkness in our lives. That we can walk in wisdom and knowledge and understanding your will, walk worthy of your calling, and that we'll continue to grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and may we see fruits of righteousness in our lives that reflect that our lives belong to you and we are yours. Lord, if there's someone who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they want to see fruit in their lives, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he died on the cross for their sins. And he defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. And Lord, we thank you that now he is exalting the seat at the right hand of you, interceding on our behalf. And Lord, I pray that all will come to know you in fellowship, in the Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church, to encourage them, 
to grow in your power, your wisdom, and your knowledge. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us online, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, We look forward to worshiping you again. And remember, God bless you. Jesus loves you. And so do I.